0: The first of my posts was called Inner Peace. When Joe asked Shane whether he was running away from something, he answered, not in the way you mean. The implication, of course, is that he is running away. We can reasonably surmise that he is running from a past marred by gun violence. He has a gun, a beautiful one, one with no sight because he can aim it with the ease of pointing a finger. But. In a time when every man wore a gun, he keeps his wrapped up in the saddle-roll and put away. The mere mention of it brings that tight-lipped grimace and faraway look. Gunfighting seems to have been his destiny. He possesses that instinctive and habitual alertness. A gun in his hand seems like an extension of the man himself. And his every movement is quick and deft and sure but he wants to leave all that behind, and over time, here on this peaceful family farm, the tension in him finally begins to fade. But therein lies the problem. What brings him peace is that this is a real home for a real family, and that is just what is under threat by Fletcher. So, the question is, to defend the world that allowed him to escape his gun-fighting past, will Shane have to take up his gun? At first, it seems that all he needs to do is hold his ground, and show that he can't be scared off, while not being baited into violence. In his confrontation with Chris, he succeeds. He stands proud, and he suppresses his fighter's instincts, and we are told, quote, Since his session with Chris, he seemed to have won a kind of inner peace. He was as alert and watchful as ever. But there was a serenity in him that had erased entirely the old tension. But when it becomes clear that his reputation for ducking a fight threatens the family and their future, he is forced into violence. In the fight with Chris, Shane is his essential self, doing what he was born to do. His victory is effortless, and afterward, every line of him was alive and eager. But what he was born to do comes at a terrible price. It means breaking the arm of someone you think has the makings of a good man. And it isn't how Shane wants to live. According to Ed Howells, when the fight was over, quote, The fire in Shane smoldered down and out. He seemed to withdraw back within himself. He forgot them all and turned toward Chris unconscious on the floor and a sort of sadness "'crept over him and held him,' "'Back at the farm, he says, in a pleading voice to Bob, "'but once again, really to himself, "'that he had tried to give Chris a chance "'and that it didn't need to come to violence. "'After the fight with Chris, Shane has lost his inner peace. "'Shane was changed. "'He had lost the serenity that had seeped into him through the summer,' He was restless with some far hidden desperation. He looks wistfully over the life that he wishes could be his, but that can't, precisely because he has to be the one to protect it. The next of my posts was called Hero Worship. I love the unabashed hero worship in this novel. I've heard efforts to undermine it with the suggestion that we see Shane only through the starry eyes of a young Bob, but I don't agree. Everything about this novel is starkly clear, and I think that includes the clarity of Bob's vision. I think we are meant to believe that Shane and Joe are every bit the heroes that Bob thinks they are. Each chapter has its own poetic phrase for their heroism. Here were a few of my favorites in these. When Fletcher sends his men to antagonize the homesteaders, we are told, quote, It was crude. It was coarse. I thought it silly for grown men to act that way. But it was effective. Shane, as self-sufficient as the mountains, could ignore it. Father, while it galled him, could keep it from getting him. The other homesteaders, though, could not help being irritated and showing they felt insulted. Unquote. I love the phrase, as self-sufficient as the mountains, and it's the kind that finds its way into my own vocabulary, without me even realizing it. When Shane, to defend his friend's honor, resolves to take action, the description of it is poetic yet again. Quote, What's that? It was a horse, picking up speed and tearing down our lane into the road. That's Shane, he told them. And the words meant more than they seemed to say. Unquote. One of the great values of literature is that essential human traits are captured in the form of a concrete and memorable figure. When Joe says, That's Shane, he isn't informing them of a simple fact. Rather, he is saying, That's Shane doing just what such a man would do. We, the readers, understand precisely what he means. When Shane scares off Fletcher's new man, Chris calls him yellow and scared, and despite his macho pride, he responds, you can call it that. The same thing happens with Red Marlin, emphasizing again just how uniquely formidable Shane is. Quote, Red Marlin sat quiet like he was trying not even to breathe. Tiny drops of sweat appeared on his forehead. He was frightened, maybe for the first time in his life and the others knew it, and he knew they knew it, and he did not care, and none of them blamed him at all." It is so satisfying to inhabit a world where we can admire heroes, and where the heroes have such deep admiration for each other. The last of my posts was called A Discerning Woman. I assume the conversation between Marion and Shane was clear to you but since my students always struggle with it, let me make my understanding of it explicit. Marion says Shane has been worried what he will do if there is any more fighting, and that he has been worrying about something else. The first worry refers to his dilemma. The farm is a place to escape his gunfighting past, and now, to protect the farm, he may have to take up his gun. The second refers to the fact that he is in love with his best friend's wife. The evidence is subtle, but it's there. Quote, Yes, Marion. He called her that, the same as father did, familiar, yet respectful, just as he always regarded her with a tenderness in his eyes he had for no one else. Unquote. She says he's been thinking about moving on, because it's what he ought to do. It's what he ought to do, because it's the best way to escape the brewing violence and to honor his friend's marriage. Or so it seems. Marion asks him to endure both his struggles and to stay, because his friend needs him. Marion, too, must have courage. Though it would be easier for her if Shane rode out of that valley and never came back, it's precisely because she loves Joe so dearly that she needs Shane to stay. What makes up Shane's mind with finality is this, It would just about kill Joe to lose this place. He promised me this place when we were married. He had it in his mind for all the first years. He did two men's work to get the extra money for the things we would need. When Bob was big enough to walk and help some, and he could leave us— He came on here and filed his claim and built this house with his own hands, and when he brought us here, it was home, Shane looks upon the life he longs for and the woman he loves, and he vows to protect them for someone else, because he wasn't born for this life, but he was born with the ability to protect it for his best friend.